0: you're here this morning. Amen. You're in the right place. Amen. Praise God. Let's give the Lord one more big hand this morning. He's worthy of praise, glory, and honor. I don't know about you. I can't speak for you, but I'm in love this morning. Amen. I'm in love with Jesus. I thank God for him. He is everything to me. Praise God, and you're in the right place because we're we're worshiping Him and praising Him. So good to have Ray here with us this morning. If you'd make him feel welcome, Amen. Over here in the front section, visiting, Amen. Hope you feel welcome, and it's good to have a real good friend of mine, David, back here in the back. If you'd make him welcome, Amen. Praise God. We'll get your Bibles open this morning, and as you do, remind you that tonight we have our talent show. And we'll be having people sing and dramas and skits and all kinds of different things tonight at 6 o'clock. We do it every fifth uh, Sunday. And it's been a good uh, event for us. It gives people a chance to to show their talent or to break the ice of their fear or whatever else they do. Amen. So we have some good stuff. And uh, there's some funny stuff. There's always good songs. And uh, so we're going to have a good time tonight. And don't forget about that. And uh, just continue to uh, be praying for everything we've got going on. We've got uh, obviously a big month coming up in April with Easter, and we've got the judgment play underway, uh, getting it ready for May. So let's just be staying about the Father's business, amen, and witnessing and telling people about the Lord. Well, I want you to open your Bibles this morning to the book of Ephesians. And while you're getting there, I want to start off by telling a story this morning, a real story. And uh, I want to, I'm going to come back to this again in a second, but how many know when you, when you, when you see something or hear something, it gets in your spirit and once it's there, you can't let it go. Anybody ever had anything like that happen to you? How many have gone out and seen God's not dead? Let me see. Amen. If you haven't seen that movie yet, please go see the movie. Um, support that so that they, they, that we can show Hollywood that we can make good movies. Um, and I I was telling some pastors of ours about it yesterday and, um, encouraging them to go because we need to speak with our wallets. Amen. Amen. We can speak with our wallets. And if we just say, Oh, that sounds like a good movie and we don't go, or I'm going to wait till it comes out on DVD or whatever. That's not going to help them make another good movie like this. They need money. And if you've gone to any other movie ever, shame on you if you don't go to this. That's all I got to say. If you're giving the devil money and you won't give God money, shame on you. So go out and see that movie. And on that same note, I would recommend you to not go see Noah. To not go spend your money on that movie. For the same reason. You could go see it for entertainment purposes like you'd go see any movie. But uh, I, I I didn't know I I knew well, I knew the, it wasn't going to be biblical for one I knew that was going to be there'd be some twists but I was hoping that it might be something that would be entertaining and show us digitally what the flood looked like and all that but I've come to read and study that not only is it not biblical the producer and director has come out and blatantly said he made it on purpose the least biblical movie ever and he has uh, he's an atheist. And he made, uh, he has Noah made out to be a drunk. And the Bible says he was a righteous man. And so I'm just going to start and go from there. I don't have to go into it. But if you, like I said, I'm not, I'm not in your house. And I can't tell you what to do. But as your leader, I can recommend what to do. And I'm not going to spend my money on that and go support that with my wallet and make them money when I don't agree with it. So, I just wanted to throw that out there for you this morning. Um, you can do what you want to do, but I, I believe we should speak with our wallets. Amen. And, you know, this this comes into what I want to talk about this morning is is the spiritual battle that we're in. We are in a spiritual battle. There is warfare going on all the time. and As you see behind me, I've got this thing up on the screen just to give you a visual of the battle that's going on. Amen. There is, And, you know, we, we need to see that dragon side because we know that that is is uh how we picture bad okay although we know that satan is not probably at this moment or it is not at this moment a dragon um but he will be in the book of revelations as as a dragon amen there's there's that typology but he the bible says was the most beautiful angel in all of heaven and so he's fallen and he hates god and, and I, I hate anybody who hates God. And the Bible, that word's in the Bible, so don't get all upset that I said hate. I hate the devil. And I hate sin. Amen. Those are the two things you're allowed to hate. And I want to tell you this morning that every day we walk through this world, we are in a spiritual battle. And I wanted you just to get that visual this morning. And I'm going to look at Ephesians 6 in a second. But I want to, I want to just stir you up for a second, mess you up, mess your hair up just for a second get you to think about something for a second because I saw something this week how many sometimes uh, after you've seen something wish you wouldn't have seen it because then you could just ignore it how many know as believers if we see something we cannot ignore it now you know when I get up here and I preach I always do it in love and don't worry I'm not just going to come and just beat on your toes this morning I don't ever want to do that but I saw something this week that made me it humbled me big time And I want to share it with you this morning, leading into this message. Because in the United States, in this country, we are the most spoiled, rotten brats in the whole world when it comes especially to spiritual things. We're spoiled. And it gets on my nerves when I hear people make excuses for their walk with God and and that goes to across the board i'm not going to take the time to get into all the little things and i'm going to tell you why i said this in a second but we are we're so spoiled in this western culture and, and the last six months to a year that i've been studying in the end times i i've come to realize more than ever and i've been saying this for a long time this this world does not revolve around the united states of america we happen to be a blessed country we happen to be a powerful country but the world revolves around israel and the world revolves around that part of the world. And we are just a squirrel in this world. Amen. And we need to get our eyes back over there and realize what's going on around the world. And only by God's grace, only by God's grace are we still standing today. Can you say amen as a nation? Because of these things that we're doing as a nation, we are, and, and when I say that, we you, know, you have to take the good with the bad. We are in this nation. And there are many great things about it. But in this nation, we have turned our backs on God. And, and if we turn our backs on God, that means that what comes from God will be a- upon us as a nation. And we live here. And so I, I was reading this week and I've been studying and I've noticed more than ever that, you know what, been, we were talking about the end times, we are talking about the return of Christ and all this stuff and people would say, uh, just as an example, we've got to go through the re- tribulation because we as saints and Christians have not suffered persecution. Well, let me tell you something, you're not going to hear those words from anybody outside of the United States. Because all over the world, people are suffering persecution for their faith. And I want to say this, again, in love, but I want to say this to hopefully mess your hair up, get into your bathroom, get into your bedroom, get into your backyard, and get you off your behind and start doing something for God. Because let me tell you something, there are a lot of people dying for their faith this morning. While we say, oh, I'm too tired to go to church. I'm too tired to read my Bible. Oh, I'm just not feeling well. I'm, I'm serious, church. Let me give you a sobering fact real quick. What time is it? 10.45. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Jose, come up here and stand real quick. Paul Platt, come up here and stand real quick, please. Destiny, come up here and stand. Chris, come up here and stand. Robert, please, just come up here and stand for a second. Joanna, just come up here and stand for one second. <clears throat> I'm not picking on anybody. Amen, I promise. One, two, three, four, five, six. Dylan, come up here and stand, please. Artists, come up here and stand. And uh, Richard looked down. I looked at him. He looked down. (laughs) John, come up here and stand, please. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. How many I got there? Eight? Is there nine now? Good looking people. Amen. Amen. Since we started service, all nine of these people died for their faith around the world. They're, de- they're dead. They're gone since we started this service. Think about that for a second. I know it just got quiet in here and I'm glad. That's a sobering thought. Nine people around the world right now, since church started, while we were clapping our hands and praising God and worshiping God and going through our service, that we say we love God. Nine people died, not, not died out of a heart attack, not died by causes, died for their faith in Jesus Christ. Nine people, every five minutes, a person dies for their faith around the world. Every five minutes. Thank you, guys, and go sit down. I wanted to put a face to that. Now, I don't know about you. I, I I can't think for you, but that messes me up bad. That shakes me to my core. And it reminds me of any time and every time I ever try to make an excuse... Because those people, I mean, I hope, I hope I can even get it out of my mouth how, how much that bothers me. That we as, and, and I'm, I'm putting everybody in there, we make excuses, we, we're, we're whiny, we're complaining, and all these things we do while people are dying for their faith around the world, saying, I will not reject Jesus Christ. Today in North Korea, right now, while we're having church, there are seventy to ninety thousand Christians in a concentration camp right now. In Syria and in Nigeria, and in many and in, in uh, Egypt and in many countries around the world where Islam and Muslim faith is strong and pushing, they are burning people alive, chopping people's heads off, killing them. In, 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 slaughtering Christians because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Yet in the United States, we say, oh, it's Sunday night. I, I, sh- I can't go back to church. Oh, it's Wednesday night. I'm tired from work. Oh, I, I know y'all don't want to hear this, but it's a fact. And this is, this is real. I, I wonder sometimes I can't do it because and this is some people might say, well, "Man, there's maybe there's people missing. Maybe that's why we don't grow because you talk about this kind of stuff. Maybe that's why our church ain't bigger because you're so mean." I'm not mean. <clears throat> I'm telling the truth. Amen. We need to wake up. The God is real. Makes me sometimes want to do a, a, dra- a living drama and have some guys come up here with guns and masks. Only problem is that we have some guys in our church that have guns and they might shoot them. Drama might go south. So I couldn't do it. Amen. But it makes me want to do it sometimes. You know what? And I'm putting myself there too. You need to ask yourself this morning. Ask yourself the question. If someone came in right now and asked me to deny Jesus Christ, would I do it? Only you can answer that for yourself. In this Western culture, sugar-coated, cotton candy preaching society we live in. Where we just, God is just, God is just something we carry around. Not something we live so I, I'm I'm gonna get off that now and head into the message, but it's still part of it. Y'all still love me? Cause since I just started that, someone else just gave their life to Jesus, for Jesus, and went straight into heaven. Oh man, I can't even imagine what that welcome home's like. Can you imagine what the welcome home of a martyr is like? So next time you hear somebody say, oh, there's no persecution, tell them that fact. That's a fact. I went to many, many sites to get a number. 100,000 people die a year for their faith. Did you know that in in the, here's another fact. Did you know that in 53 countries of the world, it is illegal to be a Christian? 53 countries. That's a lot. Illegal. Yet we make these excuses. And listen, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I want to make you think. I'm not downing you. But man, church, what would that person, how would you feel if we were translated right now to that place where that person is giving their life for their faith and you to watch them? What would that person say to you the next time we make an excuse for God? That I'm tired, or that I'm bored, or that I'm, whatever. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to beat a dead horse. I'm just saying, what would they say? What would you think? What would you be able? Would you be able to make that excuse in front of that person as they're giving their life for Jesus? I think sometimes Jesus isn't as real enough to us as he should be. You know, because these people, man, they live what they believe. And it's been going on. Did you know there's been more people martyred for Jesus Christ in this century than all the centuries back to Jesus together? We are in persecution. We are in troubling times. Again, you just better thank God that for the moment we live in a nation where we're protected. That can change in a moment. And I, I need to say, God, am I strong? Do I believe? Do I serve you unto death? Amen. We're going to look at Ephesians in just a second. So just let that simmer for a second this morning. When I was in Costa Rica, we, we saw a lot of spiritual warfare. I was sharing this with one of my friends this, this past week. And and I think that a lot of times we don't really realize what goes on in the spiritual realm around us because of God's grace because of the angels that he has around us protecting us, because of people that are praying for us. We don't really see all the things that are going on around us, but there is, at this moment, a spiritual battle going on nonstop. You know, while we're sleeping, the devil's not. While we're sleeping, the demons of darkness are not. Because they know that every hour that passes, their time is shorter and shorter and shorter to deceive and to kill and to destroy. You know, when you hear that verse, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, it doesn't really affect us over here in the United States. We don't really think about that. But if you think about it in other countries, he really does come to kill. He does come to kill. The spirit of death, the spirit of anger, the spirit of violence is in him. And he habitates people. He possesses people, and they do wicked, horrible things. Amen? We saw that, obviously, uh, in a great, humongous way when Hitler did what he did. But do you realize that that number is is probably way, way, way defeated now by the Christians that have died just for their faith around the world because 100,000 are dying a year for their faith. So when I was in Costa Rica, we, we, we went to some really bad places. And we would see people, and this is one of the things I thank God for my daughters, that they saw these things. That they were on the mission field at a young age and saw with their own eyes things that most of us have not seen. And it's kind of an out of sight, out of mind thing. But they saw crazy things, and many times I would see demons manifest in people. I would see people do crazy things, and usually it was under the influence of drugs. It was under the influence of, of being possessed by spirits that they had allowed into their lives. And, and, and I was telling this one particular story that we were at church one morning, and we, we would open up the church at 6 o'clock every morning to have prayer. And so we would, we had prayed and, and right, it would be just like this street here. The church was just like on this main street, except it wasn't as heavy, tra- actually, actually, about the same, actually, about same traffic would be going by, but our church was closer to the road. And so you literally would walk out of our little parking lot and there'd be like a 10 foot space between that and, and the actual road, the cars were going on. And so we were standing out there and many people, you know, there were cars, but many people walk in Costa Rica, as they do in many places around the world, and so people were constantly walking back and forth, and me and about three or four other disciples were standing out there, and we were just talking, and we had had good prayer. And all of a sudden, this guy comes over to us. And you can tell he's drunk. You can tell he's, he's on something. You can tell he's, he's not in his right mind. And he begins to talk to us. And we automatically we had just come out of prayer. And we believe what the Bible says, that we can lay our hands on the sick and they recover. We can cast out demons. We can pray over these people. We can see them delivered. Amen. And so these, these guys and I were like, hey, let's pray for him. And so we began to talk to him and witness to him right there on the street. And I remember I was standing with my, with my back to the street and he had his back against the wall of our church, this little uh, room we had where we were keeping actually a few drug addicts so they could live there as we ministered to them. And they were, he was standing there looking across, you know, kind of towards the street, and we're talking to him, and we're sharing Jesus with him, and we're saying Jesus, and as I'm beginning to talk to him, all of a sudden, he's looking at me, but he looks right past me. And the, the, I can't even explain to you with my words the face that he makes. The shriek that comes upon his face as he's looking past me, he begins to grab his shirt and tear his clothes. And his claws are going into his... I mean, he is literally manifesting demonically as he's looking past me. And and he begins to say, they're coming for me. They're coming for me. He's looking past me. And he just begins to just totally act crazy. And so I knew that he was seeing something spiritual. I knew that he was being attacked by demonic forces that were wanting him to get out of where he was because he was talking to us about Jesus. When you begin to mention the name Jesus and you begin to mention it with authority and with power, the Bible says the demons have to flee. Amen? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And we began to talk to him, and he began to manifest. That's the word. The spirit began to manifest. And I said, let's take him inside. We're not going to do this out here. We took him inside. He fought us. It wasn't, it was, it wasn't like we were throwing punches. But he, he did not want to go. It, he wanted to go, but the demons inside him did not. Now, some of y'all don't like this kind of talk, sorry, you can leave after or you can leave now. Amen? But this is real. You know, we'd rather talk about prosperity and we'd rather talk about, you know, faith and all these little things that sound good. But how many know we live in a real world and right now people are dying for their faith. People are dying, killing themselves. People are being afflicted by drugs and alcohol. The demon, is, the devil is throwing his spirit upon this world and we just sitting back having church. Acting like nothing's going on. It's real. If you've never seen it, that's good for you. I have. I thank God I have took him inside began to pray for him he was so strong the spirit of darkness was so strong in this man that it took 5 men this was an older man he probably was in his 60s frail alcoholic they would drink the rubbing alcohol the little bottles of rubbing alcohol that's that was cheap and that's what they would drink over there and you'd see those little rubbing alcohol bottles all over the place all around our church it was everywhere and they would drink that, and they would literally just destroy their, their intestines because of it. it would just literally destroy them. And he would drink that. He was super drunk, full of drugs. His name was Marcos. You remember Marcos, Desi? We took him inside. We began to pray for him. We laid him down on the ground. We began to pray and pray in the name of Jesus that those demons would come out of him. And I'm telling you, it took one man was on one arm, another man was on another arm, another man was on a leg, and another man was on the other leg to keep him from getting up. That's not normal strength. And we prayed for him, and we prayed for him, and we prayed for him. And I, I've told this story maybe once before. Uh, and, and he began to, uh, he, you know, turn his head. You know, if, if you've seen the stories of the exorcism, if you've ever seen that movie or whatever, th- that stuff, I'm not going to say that their heads turn around. Not that it couldn't happen. But I'm telling you, it's real. There is a real unseen battle going on in people's lives. And we prayed for that. And, and, uh, that those demons came out of him and he, I mean, he, he throffed at the mouth. He talked in a voice that was demonic. He looked us in our eyes. And one time this, this is going to sound a little funny, but it's real. He looked over at one of my guys. He, and he looked him in the eyes and he said, I'm going to throw you up to the top of that roof. The roof was about 10 feet higher than ours in a, in a, in a very strong, deep voice. He said, I'm going to throw you up to that. And so he pushed down harder and prayed harder. Hey, man, what could he do? The funny thing is, after he got set free, I remember him coming up and telling me, Pastor, just to lighten the load just for a second. He said, Pastor, I remember when he told me that, and I looked up and saw that roof and saw how far it was. He thought, Oh God, I hope he don't throw me up there. <laughs> he was happy after, right? But at the moment, he was really—he was a new disciple. And he was really thinking, man, that's a long ways up there. But as he's holding this man's arm down, he's realizing it could be possible. So we prayed for him. He got delivered. He got set free. He went over and laid and slept for hours and got up in his right mind, totally delivered from demons and drugs and alcohol. We talked to him later, and I said, what were you looking at? What in the world were you staring at? And he said that behind me, he said up on the rooftop of the houses behind me, he saw the death angel coming down off the roof and was coming across the street to get him, the death angel. That's why he was shrieking and flipping out. Because the devil is always going to tell you what your future is. Amen? He's going to try to tell you what your future is depending on the past he knows. But how many are thankful this morning that because of the blood of Jesus, our future now is heaven. Our future now is victory. Our future now is peace. Our future now is breakthrough. Not because of my might or my power, but because of the strength of the Lord. Amen. Because he defeated that devil on the cross. But we have to keep him defeated this morning because these forces are real. Have you ever battled something and at sleep at night, in the middle of the night? You ever woke up and felt something? And you wonder, what is it? I've learned over the years that when I begin to feel that, I just pray. God's waking me up for a reason. There's a battle going on for somebody's soul at that moment. There's something going on. There's something I can bind. There's something I can stop. There's something I can pray against. Today there are angels that are God's forces. There are demons that are God's, or sorry, the devil's forces. And they battle every single day for people's souls and for people's lives. But look at Ephesians chapter six. And actually let me just throw out one more verse before we read this. I know you've had it open for a while. I, I I want to make this personal this morning. That's why I brought some people up and let you see their faces uh, on the flip side of somebody giving their life for the Lord. Because the devil hates you. He doesn't just hate me because I'm the pastor. He hates you. And the reason he hates you is because you've turned your back on him. Because you have accepted the person who defeated him. Do you realize that this morning? You have put your faith in Jesus Christ and you have caused an enemy to come into your life. This is the reason why so many people, sometimes after they get saved and they realize, wow, I might've just said a prayer and I didn't really mean that. They go back to what they came from because they didn't really mean it and they're not willing to pay the price that it is to live as a Christian because Jesus said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them all. You're not going to have it easy as a Christian if you're really living for God. You're going to have some battles. You're going to have some demons rise up against you if you're doing something for the Lord. It's not going to be a cakewalk. This, this, this cotton candy Christianity that's preached is a false doctrine. That it's easy to serve God. No, it's not. Jesus said the way to heaven is through the straight and narrow. Not because people cannot find it, but because they won't. Because they're too weak. They're too lazy. They got too many excuses. And they give up on God. But God says, hey, I'm going to tell you something. In the end, this is going to be worth the fight. But Jesus told Peter something that I want to tell you this morning. Jesus told Peter, Peter, the devil wants to sift you as wheat. Luke 22. That means he wants to tear you up. He wants to destroy you. He does not want, he's not, you know, we, sometimes we picture that the devil is just going to come in and dance with us. He's not around to dance. He's a killer. He's a serial killer. He's been killing for decades, centuries, thousands of years. And he's real. This isn't to give him glory. This is to tell you he's real. And the Bible says in Luke twenty-two thirty-one. 31, sorry, Simon, Satan has asked for you. Now, some of y'all going, man, I hope he don't ask for me. Well, the problem with that is, if he don't ask for you, you're not doing anything. I want him to ask for me. I want him to say, hey, Blake, because I know I'm doing something right if the devil's fighting me. If everything's good, then something's wrong. And he says, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But watch this. But Jesus says, but. How many love the B-U-T's in the Bible? I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. Now watch what's funny about this. He didn't say, Simon, Satan wants to sift you as wheat, but I've defeated him, so he can't. He said, but. I've prayed for you so your faith will not fail. Meaning you're going to have to go through a battle, but I've already won it, and I'm going to walk right by your side. I'm going to hold your hand, and if you just go forward, I'll go with you. Amen? And your faith won't fail. I'm going to pray for you. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father right now, interceding for you and me. And he loves it when we stand up for him. Ephesians chapter 6. I'm there finally. Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be wimps in the Lord. I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. Be strong in the Lord and the power of your might. Okay, I'm just making sure you're paying attention. That's the problem. We try to do things on our own. No, in the power of his might. See, I know when I face a demon. When I prayed for that guy that day, see, when I face demons, I faced them many times. I just told you one story. I've, I've, I've been face to face many times with a demon looking at me in my eyes. And I'm not afraid, not because I'm strong, but because of who Jesus Christ is in me. I know who he is in me. So I don't have to be afraid, I don't have to be fearful. Because the Jesus that is in me is greater than he that is in this world. That's what the Bible says. So I can be strong in his might. Now I don't have time to go into all the stories in the Bible that there are where people try to do it in their own might. But you might remember a story where some guy got really beat up. Left naked. He tried to do it in his own might. Verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand... Stand. Having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith with which you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with prayer and supplication. Watch this in the Spirit. In the spirit. Amen. In the spirit. Too many times we try to fight these battles in our flesh. Let me give you a statistic. Flesh is defeated. Flesh is 0 for 100. Flesh never wins. Flesh will always lose. But the spirit is undefeated. The spirit cannot lose. The spirit is greater than the enemy's spirit. If you walk in the flesh, you will fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you walk in the spirit, you will fulfill the the spirit's will. Amen. God wants us to be spiritual. He wants us to understand that the weapons, verse 2 Corinthians 10, 4, of our warfare are not physical. They're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Real strongholds. Now, I want to take you quickly to the book of 2 Kings chapter 6, if you would. Would you go there with me? 2 Kings chapter 6. Oh, that we would be the church, the people that God has called us to be. That we would be the army that he expects us to be. That we would be trained and understand how real this battle is that we're in. 2 Kings chapter 6. Say amen when you get there. I want to tell you, trust me, this is going to end good. Somebody say, tell someone next to you, this ends good. Not just the sermon. I'm talking about the whole thing. I'm talking about the whole thing. This ends good. We win. All I got to do is stay in the fight. 2 Kings chapter 6. Look at verse 8. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel, always. And he consulted with his servants, saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass for this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. And he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? Now stop just real quick. I'm going to read some more, but pay attention real quick to me. This is a symbol, king of Syria, devil, against Israel, us. And he's always waging war and he's always fighting. And we can. Th- what's funny is the devil only knows what we tell him. And the devil can only control what we give him. You give him control, he'll take it. But he cannot come into your mind and read your mind. He cannot do those things. And he he I, the God the God this morning through the Holy Spirit wants to frustrate the devil. And we see that in this story. This, this king is coming against them. And the man of God comes and says, Hey, this is what they're doing. Don't go there. How many know if we'll listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, he'll keep us out of trouble? When he says don't go, don't go. How many times in your life have you woke up in the wrong place, woke up with a headache, done something that really messed you up, and you knew you shouldn't have gone there in the first place, but you didn't listen? If you'd have just listened, you'd have been okay. Listen to that first still small voice that says, don't go. And so he's, he's talking and saying, don't go there because the Syrians are waiting for you. And then the king gets there and's like, hey, who in my army is talking to the Israelites and telling them what we're doing? He's frustrated. He says, which y'all is a snitch? Which one of y'all is talking? And look what verse 12 says. And one of the servants said, none, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. (laughs) So he said, go and see where he is that I might send and get him. And it was told him saying, surely he's in Dothan and therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, watch this, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. Now listen, we can listen to a message like this and we can get charged up and pumped up and excited and motivated, which I want to do, but be real and be honest. Sometimes it's a little scary. That's why again, people don't rock the boat. That's why today there's so many people who claim to be Christians and, and want to, you know they want the fire insurance, but they don't want to live for God. They don't want to pick up their cross. They don't want to die daily. They don't want to do anything for the Lord. They just want what the Lord has for them. But don't let God ask me to do something. Don't let God ask me to sacrifice. Don't let God ask me to shake up my life a little bit and go somewhere he wants me to go or do something he wants me to do because I got a life, God. I'm busy. I got a lot going on. Oh, y'all ain't feeling that. i just move on. All right. All right, I'll just move on. But now the army's around because this man is doing something right. Oh, there's been a lot of times in my life where I've seen the army all around. All around. And you say, okay, there's no way out. There's no way out but to fight. Amen. Sometimes you just got to fight. Amen. But not in our own might. Not in our own power. Sometimes you're facing the devil and it's scary. But you just charge it. And I love what my pastor says. You just charge that gate to hell with the water gun. Amen. You just charge it. Amen. Believing that Jesus is with you. Amen. Don't be afraid, amen? Don't be afraid of what man can do you. Don't be afraid of what this world can say about you, amen? Stand up for Jesus. Stand up for Jesus. He's worthy this morning. That army comes around, but guess what? God will speak to you. So the army's all around, and God will use situations to show he's powerful. If you'll pay attention. He'll use you to tell somebody else, watch this. So they're being surrounded by armies. And it says in verse uh, 15, there are chariots and horses around. The servant says, Master, what are we going to do? And watch this. This is the key to the message. Verse 16. Do not fear. And that's in the Bible 365 times. One for every day of the week, every day of the year. For though, watch this. Somebody underline this. Somebody get excited. Somebody see that God is for us. He says, don't worry. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. You need to remember that when you're in a battle. It may seem like you're losing, but you can't lose. Because if God is for us, who can be against us? Nobody. And although it seems like a lot of people, man, when you get, listen, sometimes it might seem like nobody's around and you are all by yourself and you're like, God, where is it? And you're like, okay, I, I'm just going to have to fight. Once you put your hands up to fight, all of a sudden, all these angels just come out. And they're like, no, we're right here. We got your back. We just need to see that you were going to fight. Once you put your hands up, there they come. Uh, we're seeing this in this story. The unseen battle. Because watch what happens in verse 17. Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray. This is my prayer for you this morning. Open his eyes that he may see. Yeah. Not physically. See, your problem is you're looking in the physical. Right. This is not a physical battle. Yeah. You're looking in your bank account and you're seeing what's there in the physical. Yeah. You're looking at your body and you're feeling what's there in the physical. You're looking at your marriage, and you're seeing what's there in the physical. But God said, don't look at the physical. Physical is fake. Physical is is temporary. But spiritual is permanent. Spiritual is eternal. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. So he says, oh God, open his eyes that he may see. This is my prayer for you this morning as a congregation. Lord, open up this church's eyes that they may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And watch this, verse 17. And he saw. How many know we need to see this morning? And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. They were there the whole time. But he was looking in the physical. And you're not gonna see God's power and his might and his strength in the physical. But when you tap into the spiritual and you say, God, I believe no matter what I see, I believe no matter what I'm going through, I believe, watch this, no matter what I feel, it gets on my nerves when people say, I don't feel like doing it. Well, neither did Jesus feel like dying on the cross for your sins. But he did it. Can somebody thank God for that? And we know that because he said it. Lord, if you'd lift this cup, can we do this different? His physical nature said, I don't feel like it. But he did it. He was obedient. Even unto death. See, these people... Now it's 11.20. What time was it? 45, 15, 25? Five more people. Five more people have given their lives for Jesus. This last 20 minutes have been preaching. 25. Died. Not just said, I believe in Jesus. Not just lifted their hands in a church service where it's freedom. And it's legal. It's legal to worship God. God. I believe you're my healer that's easy in church but will you stand up with your friends and your co-workers and people at school and in the supermarket and say i believe amen amen, amen. amen. that's what God's looking for amen. now quickly I, i've I've gotten behind here I'm going to just give you three things real quick to win the battle how many want to Win the battle every time. Number one, three things. And I'll come back to these, but write them down real quick because I know that sometimes we get lost in these things. One thing is you have to be aware that you're in a battle, first and foremost. Number two, you need to be praying. And number three, be encouraged. Okay, so number one, I'm in a battle. This is real. And listen, Satan knows, this is personal. Satan knows where to attack you. He knows when to attack you. He knows how to attack you. The quicker you recognize the devil's wiles, the Bible says, his schemes, his devices. The quicker you will walk in victory. When you recognize this is just the devil trying to mess me up and make me mad, and what does James 4 7 say? Resist the devil, and he will flee. But when you entertain it and you go, oh yeah, devil, oh yeah, oh yeah, you're right. When you give him place, the Bible says, do not give place to the devil, resist him, he will flee. He knows your weak spots. He knows your vulnerabilities. He knows the areas of your life that bothered you. If you grew up addicted to pornography, he's not going to put a bottle in front of you to make you fall. That's just a generic example. He's not going to, there are things that get you that don't get me. There are things that get me that don't get you. Every single one of us have vulnerabilities and weaknesses where along our lives we have allowed devil to come in and have a foothold in our lives. And he will try to come back to those because he's not going to try to do a new one because he knows he can't get you there. He knows his time is short. So the crazy thing is we're not wise enough sometimes to understand that he's doing it right again and we don't recognize it and we let him do it and we let him defeat us and Christians are walking around with their heads down defeated, walking in carnality because they don't recognize who the enemy is and how he works against us. So number one, you better be aware. As we read in these things, that this is a real battle, and it's not flesh and blood, it's spiritual. Now, underneath this thing, the other two will be quick. Watch this. Underneath number one, just to make clear, I know sometimes when I'm taking notes, I get lost. Make it clear. This is still number one. Be aware. Under this, write these three things down. These are very important, very, very important. There are three things that I am aware of that will prevent God's weapons working for you. Now the worst thing you could do is be in a battle with the devil and put your hands up and start fighting and realize he's not behind you. Right? That's the worst thing you can do. Get all bold and, you know, you you remember this, oh man, that that, that, that sermon really got me pumped up, amen? And, And you go, come on, devil. And then you look back and God ain't around. Oh, but you said he'll never leave me nor forsake me. He's there. But he's not going to step up and get in a fight that he's not involved in because you're not doing what he asked you to do. Number one, three things that will keep you from winning the battle. And here's here's a picture. You got the gun, but you ain't got no bullets. Or you show up to a gunfight with a knife. Sin, S I N, sin will keep you from allowing God's weapons to work in your life. Sin. I'm not talking about the mistake you make during the day as a human being that we all make. I'm talking about you walking continuously every day in sin, knowing that the Bible says it's wrong, knowing that you're disobeying God, not dealing with that sin and walking in that sin and expecting God's power to walk with you. Oh, it got quiet in here. Psalm sixty-six, eighteen 18 says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. If I regard, and I could give you lots of verses, but I'm making it simple. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. We have a lot of people around the world, not these ones dying for their faith, obviously, but a lot of people around the world who are playing church, playing Christian, Know the Christian ease. No, but their, their walk is a mile wide and an inch deep. There's no substance, there's no foundation, there's no power. They couldn't defeat a fly on the wall with their spiritual power, but there's no walk. You know why you can be bold in the Lord? When you know you're walking with the Lord. When you're walking in obedience. When you hate sin. And you're, you're confessing sin. And you're humbling yourself in prayer. And you're saying, God, I don't want to sin. I'm not looking for what I can get away with and be saved. I'm looking at how I can be saved and not sin. Because I love you. And I don't want to hurt you. And I want to be powerful and full of the Holy Spirit. Number two, unbelief. Unbelief. Oh, that's simple. Yep. We struggle with it. You know what makes unbelief go away? Reading the Bible. Reading the Bible. Stay in the word. Ephesians 6.16, we just read that. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So the devil's shooting stuff at you and it's hitting you on all sides. I'm not going to ask you to nudge somebody or raise your hand or think of anybody but some people walk around defeated all the time. They don't have any belief. Oh, I don't know if Noah really built the ark. I do. Bible says it. I believe it. I don't know if Jonah was swallowed by a whale. I do. I believe it because the Bible says it. Believe God's word. As is. Number three, big one, prayerlessness. A life without prayer is a life defeated. You must have a prayer life. James 4, let me read this to you. 1 and 2 says, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasures that war in your members? Every day there's that battle going on in this flesh to do things that are not right. You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. That's the word of God. Prayerlessness. When the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, it is not a lack of God's power that is falling in your life. It is a lack of your faith, your belief, and your prayer life. And the sin that weakens you. You can look at sin, church, as like kryptonite for Superman. It weakens. Sin, unbelief, and prayerlessness. Quickly moving forward. Number two, what was the one, number one? What was number one? Just shout it out. No, be aware. aware. Thank you. That was number one inside of number one. Number two, three things I told you. Be aware, be praying, be encouraged. Number two, be praying. Not too many people ask me, but if they did ask me, how do you make it for God? I pray. But how else do you make it for God? I pray. Yeah, but what else do you do? I pray. When do you pray? All the time. All the time. Not just when I get on my knees in the morning or when I get in bed at night, but all day. Pray, 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 pray. So I can beat this flesh down and stay in the spirit. Pray, pray, pray. Write this down. Prayer is the game changer. It is the game changer. We saw there in our text in 2 Kings 17, Elisha prayed. Lord, open his eyes that he may see. Let me give you a nugget this morning before we close up that will change your life. How many like to have your life changed? This is a nugget that will change your life. If you don't, and I want you to please write this down and please get this. If you don't like something somebody does, pray. Pray. Over the years, I have tried to fix things. I have tried to fix people. And I've learned that I can't. But I have learned that if I'll pray for them, God can. Elisha could not have made that man see what he saw. But he said, Lord, I pray that you will open up his eyes. If you know someone in your family, in the church, in your work, in your your marriage, in your life, whoever it is, fill in the blank, that you feel is not living up to the standard that they should live in their lives, pray for them. Pray. If you don't like the way your husband or wife is, pray for them. Pray. Pray is an amazing thing he prayed and those eyes were opened. James 5.16 says, confess your sins one to another and pray. Oh Lord, I thought it said gossip. Did I say pray? Oh my goodness. Confess your sins one to another and beat them down talking about them to someone else that you may be healed. No. Pray for them. Amen. Pray for them. God, please. They get on my last nerve, Lord. Please. I don't want to lose my last nerve, Lord. Touch them. Touch them, Lord. That you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Pray for them, pray over them, and pray against the enemy. Let me just give you another word. No one that is on God's side is your enemy. We're on the same team. Number three, I'm going to end this up good, amen, because your hair's all messed up this morning, and it's Sunday morning, amen. I know you got to go out to eat after this. Number three, be encouraged. All right, I got past the rest. I'll end good, amen. Look somebody and say, be encouraged. We're not dead. We're still here, amen. Praise God. We haven't died. Jesus hasn't come back yet. We're still here. We're ready. Here's the thing to write down. God already won. We already win. God is undefeated. God cannot lose. God defeated Satan on the cross. There's no weapon formed against you and I that can prosper this morning. Amen. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Be encouraged that at the end of this book, we win. Write this down. It's a fixed fight. It's a fixed fight it's already won. It's done. All you got to do is keep swinging. Sometimes you just got to swing with all the power that's in you. Go, oh, God, I don't feel like swinging, but I'm just going to swing by faith. I'm just going to keep swinging. I'm just going to keep swinging because I know if I just keep swinging, this thing is fixed. Amen. I might not even see the enemy, but if I just keep swinging, eventually when you want, you're going to grab my hand and it's going to hit the devil smack in the face. Amen, because I cannot lose if I don't throw in the towel. They that quit, lose. They that stay in the fight, win. Therefore God, Philippians 2, 9 to 11, has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on earth, and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. When Satan names your failures, listen to me, you name the name of Jesus. When Satan begins to tell you your past, you tell him what his future is. When Satan begins to lie to you, you just shout that name. When you begin to feel down, how many could just say Jesus, 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 Jesus? Jesus, in all your strength. You know what? When those people die and another, one, another two have died since last time, when they die, they say, Jesus. That's all they say. They, they really understand the name of Jesus because they know that as soon as they're absent from the body, they'll be present with the Lord. They understand to live is Christ and to die is gain. Amen? That as soon as I breathe my last breath, I'm going straight up into the presence of God. Amen. Be encouraged. It's a fixed fight. Revelations 20, verse 10 says, the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and they are tormented day and night forever and ever. You tell the devil, hey, you got me today. You got me today, man. You kind of, you know, you kind of ruffle my feathers a little bit. You kind of hurt me a little bit. But oh, it's just one day. You're going to burn forever. You're going to burn forever. You are no, stay, You are, are doomed. Amen. Remind him. You might, he might get you one day. But that's why the Bible says the mercies of the Lord are new every morning. And great is his faithfulness. Amen. Musicians, you can come. Listen to this. When Satan whispers to you, don't shut me off. About how messed up you are. You know he's good at that. He is good. See, the Bible tells me he's the accuser of the brethren. He is good at... But listen to the source. Aren't we we foolish to listen to the devil when he accuses us when he's damned to eternal damnation in hell and we're listening to him accuse us? Why do we do that? Why do we give him place? He is accusing us and all we need to do is say, "Hey, the blood of Jesus has delivered me from that. The blood of Jesus has saved me from that." When Satan accuses you of something, you hold up God's word, just like Jesus said and you say, "God's word says." When Satan tells you, "Hey, Man, you look how bad your life is. You say, nope, it's all good. When Satan tells you, God don't love you. God won't forgive you. You tell him you're a liar and the father of all lies. When Satan says, you can't trust God in this economy. You can't trust God in this world. You say, yep, I only trust God. He is my source. He is my strength. When Satan brings a crisis at you, you bring up the cross. When Satan lies to you, when Satan begins to to torment you through demonic forces, you just picture that empty tomb that he left when he conquered death. Church, we gotta get away from this being a Bible story to us, to this being life, to this being real because it's real to people all over the world that are dying for their faith every five minutes. You know, if you, if you focus on that too much, you could go crazy. So you might have to stop thinking about it for a few minutes and pick it back up, but don't leave it on the shelf because this motivates me. It motivates me because I think, man, what am I doing for God? Am I really making that excuse? Am I really that wimpy? Am I really that much of a spiritual sissy? Sorry guys. Am I really that weak? That I make up that excuse as at the same time someone is dying for their faith? Can you imagine being burned alive? Can you imagine them And kids, most kids are out of here in the nursery, Sunday school, them cutting your head off while you're alive for your faith. Can you imagine being stoned to death like Stephen was? Rocks hitting you till you die. Oh, that's Bible times. No, it's not. It's today. Only by the grace of God is it not here. But man, I thank God. For the privilege and the honor to serve God. Not the obligation. Get it out of your mind that you're doing something good for God and you're doing Him a favor by coming to church and doing your good deed. Get that out of your mind. Because church, I'm going to tell you once again, as I close, and this is it, I'm going to tell you once again... Every day that goes forward now and has been for a while, you're going to see a separation of two roads of the fake church and the real church of Jesus Christ. You're going to see it continue to divide and the world is going to see it. The world is going to see who true Christians are. Who live it and walk it and breathe it and sleep it. And those who do it on a Sunday morning only. Ah, I was there. I went. You're going to see a separation in their walks and their lives. And I'll leave you with this thought this morning. Don't forget that the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians. That after. During the tribulation. During the time when craziness breaks loose. The Bible says God will give them over to a delusion. The religious people who do not really love Jesus will be fooled. Because it was here. And when it's here, if your relationship this morning is here, be careful. Because if it's here, you can be, it can be manipulated. David said, I, I have hid the word of God in my heart so that I will not sin against it. Some of us need the Holy Spirit this morning to let this word get down into our hearts where we live it. Can we give the Lord a hand this morning? Amen.